This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome, and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. Well, hello and welcome. This is Ros Jones in the Bold Business Bits podcast show. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Hayley Cook of your guest. Here we are at the beautiful Highcliffe Manor just outside Flamborough. Hello, Hayley. Good morning. Hello. So thank you so much for joining me. And today, well, I want to talk with you about your your journey, if you like, to how you got here today at Highcliffe Manor. But so how did it start? That is a really good question. I often think back and, and reflect and, and ask that to myself. You know, how did I get here? By accident is the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so Highcliffe Manor is a property that, that we manage under the brand Your Guest. And it was, you know, by coincidence of um, being in the right place at the right time in Mallorca of all places, where I met the family, the owner of Highcliffe Manor, and just shared my story and experience of working in events and hospitality. And, you know, they shared with me that they have this beautiful home out near Flamborough that uh, is sat empty. And I just thought, we can't be having that. We need to bring it back to life. And yeah, so conversation started quite literally in in a karaoke bar in Mallorca. (laughs) And uh, and it ended in in here in Highcliffe. And and that's what we've done. We've spent the last year bringing it back to life and uh, utilising the space and, and getting people to enjoy what the family have for over two decades. Fantastic. So I love this thing about accidental meetings, you know, that actually were always meant to be but how did you get into the events business anyway Hayley? Do you know I've always had a practical rather than an academic head when I was growing up you know as a teenager if there was a sort of an event or something to organize or bring people together friends and family I was always that person and because of my dyslexia I find that I sort of naturally fall into that sort of role so it felt for me just the, just the most natural thing for me to go into professionally. And that's when I decided that I wanted to go into events, which was sort of corporate hospitality, weddings. And so I got educated in that and I did a degree in events management. Okay. But I don't think that you went to, you follow the traditional route to university, did you? Tell me about what happened. There. No, that is very true. Um, I'm very proud in that uh, as a 19-year-old, I was a parent and it's such a wonderful experience, but it didn't stop me. Yeah, it wasn't the traditional route in that I went to university and then started a family. I actually started a family and then I went to university. So yes. And how did that how did that work? Did you have, did you take your child to lectures? And- I did actually. And uh, for my university friends who will be listening, that they will remember the times when I'd be handing in coursework or um, you know turning up for a lecture, and I had a you know. A, a one-year-old in the pram and oh and they loved it I mean who who brings a child to university when you know you're surrounded by 18 year olds so no that they were really supportive and I just got on with it yeah brilliant and so you always had a burning desire to get into corporate events and that's what you did is that yeah so uh, whilst at university like most students I had to support myself financially and so I did a job share and that was wonderful that was really I loved that 
um, sort of environment of where you share that responsibility, particularly in events. And I'd fallen into the wedding sector and weddings, you know, as you can imagine, can be quite a stressful environment. <laughs> You've got that one moment to get that song played right as they walk down, through, you know, walk down the aisle and everything's got to be perfect. It's, in fact, it's got to be beyond expectation, um, you know, in terms of getting things right. So, yeah, so I did a job share. I, I worked uh, a couple of venues in York looking after weddings, which fell into events. And whilst I was doing that, I was getting asked through friends um, who were in the hospitality and, and corporate sector in events um, if I could come in and step in and do a bit of freelance work. And and as a sort of a, a young 20-year-old, as well as working uh, and doing my own job share, I started doing self-employed work as well. And that then introduced me to the world of, of travel and corporate hospitality. And so to begin with, you weren't, so you weren't self-employed from the word go then? No, I did like the sort of one or two jobs a year where I was working on corporate events where they were typically attracting sort of anything from three to maybe 500 people and it just needed extra staff to, to help run those events yeah, okay. so I got an air responsibility so I just did that and and for me that was my holiday money it was a bit yeah. of pocket money yeah. you know so it, yeah but it was it was the start of something that is in me today which is working for yourself yeah what's behind that wanting to work for yourself well I've never not enjoyed being employed but I've always felt restricted in terms of time time to request time off yes <laughs> was it 35 days annual leave or time to spend with family I, I find that I work more productively on an evening and I think that's the habit of having my daughter so young and being in education and doing my degree I had to I had to work on an evening and as much as I've tried to get up really early and start my day and be productive at nine that's not how I function yeah, yeah so for me it's the way that I work and yeah. working with that yeah I think more and more people I think are liking that and I think even in even in full-time employment I think employers are recognizing that some people want to work different hours and I think there is a bit more flexibility I've heard anyway but <laughs> anyway so but you also have a passion for traveling is that correct? I do so yeah so very fortunate growing up parents took us overseas which I think is a great experience as a child because not everyone gets to experience going abroad but there was more in me. And, you know, when I finished my degree, I was feeling very guilty in that I'd given so much time to studying that, you know, I wasn't always present in that moment with my daughter. And at that age, she was just starting to start her own education and start in school. And I knew that, you know, I've always worked hard, as some people say, graft. And I just wanted to take some time out before I went down, you know, that sort of career route. So I literally packed my bags. My parents thought I was mad and my friends gave me the most beautiful send off. <laughs> and I went backpacking for six months. Wow. With a five year old. Wow. Just the two of you. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So and, and what did that what, what happened then? What did that give you? Do you know, it, it gave me incredible experiences of culture, people. For me, it was an education with my daughter because as much as I wanted to sit down and do spellings and reading and all that sort of thing, I tried, but I even friends who were teachers gave me books and they were so heavy to carry. Yeah. I think within a week they'd gone out of my bag because I, I just couldn't, you know, carry them for much longer. But, you know, actually teaching around travel, you know, reading a board in, a, in an airplane, you know, in an airport, mm -hmm. locating yourself from A to B, speaking with strangers, safety, you know, for me, they're life skills that you need to 
adapt and, and work with every day. So yeah. for me, that was her education. Yeah. And where? So where did you go? What was the What was the highlights? So we started off in Singapore, and we had uh, just short of a week in Singapore. Who we met this most amazing couple from Australia that did what the Australians do perfect, which was hospitality. If you're ever passing by, you know. <laughs> stop and stay with us and when I got to Australia I did a tour of the east coast so I flew into Cairns and uh, I got the Greyhound bus for those who've traveled Australia I'm sure that's a very familiar sighting with the coach and I yeah traveled from Cairns all the way down to Brisbane and happened to be passing this couple's <laughs> house and I ended up spending I think two weeks with them and in a place called Rockhampton and it did was they know that you were coming they just knocked on the door well I I know we we exchanged emails okay. uh, you know so that was great but your question before around sort of what traveling gave me we're going back just over 10 years now and it's when Airbnb became a thing. It literally had, had just started or it was evolving, particularly in places like Australia. And what I loved about it is that I never once stayed in a hotel. So I always stayed with families or, or women. And so it gave me a great insight into their lives. It gave me a great insight into that culture, but it's given me friends for life. And then Airbnb is then something that I've fallen into as a host myself. And it's what my business is about. It's about hosting people, you know, guests, experiences. So I didn't know then that's what I'd be doing. I always thought it'd be events, which is still something that we're involved in here at Highcliffe. But yeah, I, I didn't know back then how much it would mean to me now in my career. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that these little signals we get early on in our lives just end up becoming what we, who we are, what we do? Just, I love that. It's so, fantastic. It's the stories. It's the narrative to, yeah, to our lives. Yeah. Fascinating. So in this time, so you've chosen, you've chosen to run events and weddings at a time when no <laughs> weddings and events can happen. So I know. What's, what have you been doing this year? Tell do, me about how it's... Yeah. Well, how, how do you even describe or, you know, you, you go back and think, yeah, so that started in February. It's now November. You know, where's this year gone? Do you know, in some respects, I've really enjoyed this time just to slow and pause and get the business sort of in a place so that when we do reopen and, you know, we can legally host groups, gatherings and, and events and stuff, that we are in a good position. And also that I'm in a good position in terms of being, you know, physically well, mentally, you know, because things did get quite intense before lockdown in, in terms of workload. So, yeah, so it's, it's for me, it's using this time to, to pause. And you're about to launch a new aspect of your business, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. So we'd started Your Guest last year and we'd ran back in January sort of an open launch night, really just to share our experiences of how we've managed our own properties and to invite potential clients to come on board. So Your Guest is, is, is not just about events then? That's right. Yeah. So it's the foundation of your guest is what you would call serviced accommodation. Okay. So holiday homes, which range from apartments to boutiques to manor houses like Highcliffe. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, how did it start then? Again, by accident. So I was traveling, I was working overseas really quite intensively over the last two years. So I, I was away every month, I spent a lot of time in London as well. Because of my experience of Airbnb, I started renting my property out that became a success. People, you know, happy to use my space whilst I wasn't there. So it was very clear that it wasn't, you know, a property that was empty. It, it was my home. 
And then from there, I went into business with a friend and we, we bought an investment property and started running that solely as a holiday let. And then we started to get asked to help and support friends and, and even family that were wanting to go into it. And it sort of escalated from there. And then as I started to feel that I wanted to come away from traveling and corporate events, corporate events being sort of conferences and, you know, meetings as such, I just sort of naturally sort of was drawn into, yes, yeah, serviced accommodation. Wow. And is that just in the UK or is it abroad as well? It, it is just in the UK. The, the, we do have a property that we have access to, uh, which the owner would like us to rent out over in Mallorca. I'm not educated as such in sort of the laws out there. So it, it's something that we, we, we are looking to expand, but not quite yet. I want to get things right in the UK first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so you had the launch event and... And then obviously you couldn't go ahead. So what what happened? Well, do you know the launch event? I mean, <laughs> I hadn't done events for a few weeks, as in like maybe two months before the launch. So I I had my clipboard. You know, I was <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, this is great. You know, I've got a project here, and it's mine. You know, I am the client. And the room was filled, and it was a really great ambiance. And it was just a sharing our experiences, saying, you know, we. We look after our own properties. We've had this success. This is the return that we've got in this last year. We know the things that guests look out for. And we just shared that. And that was our sales pitch. And pretty much every person that was in that room signed up with us. And this is in January. And they were already, majority of people were already in a contract with, I guess, what you'd call our competitors. So they weren't able to come over to us till sort of March, April time. Now, we didn't know in January that March, April time that the whole world would come to a lockdown. So, yeah, so we'd, we'd very successfully secured these clients that came with these uh, properties and then, of course, lockdown. Mm. But I will always remember uh, the 4th of July because that's when the hospitality and holiday homes travel reopened. And uh, my business partner, Lorraine, and I, we had no idea what we were up for. We'd gone from having days where you had a lot of time on your hands. Yes. You know, for me, I'm really into fitness and outdoors. So I was literally walking myself tired because I would go out for a long walk so that I felt that I'd earned my sleep that night. And then the 4th of July came and you can imagine all the clients in our own properties had suddenly gone live in the people were desperate and I use that word desperate because they were they were desperate to get away from their four walls and so suddenly we'd gone from having this business idea to actually running the business that was fun yeah fantastic (laughs) and so is it more than now about the lets now the letting side yeah twofolds really yeah it's about the letting so um it's also there's a huge movement in serviced accommodation around direct bookings so rather than relying on your online travel agents like booking.com and airbnb where high commissions are charged it's actually about drawing your potential or returning guests to you to book directly so that we can reinvest that money in the business and and also employ our own staff as well and that's something that we're very very uh, keen on, on getting right employing our own cleaners administrators so that we've got that control and we can train you know in those areas yeah, as yeah, well I love that. Have you got a, like a goal or a vision for your business? What's it look like going forward? Well, the thing is, is that I'm not really a detailed person, when it, especially when it comes to some of the, the tasks that's associated with running with business. And, and Lorraine's very patient with me because she, mm. she's very good. So for me, the vision I have is that I love team. I love being around people and I want to grow a team and I want them to do a far better job than me 
but I want to create and manage that team. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And what about your aspirations for you personally? Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've got sort of aspirations in terms of what we call passive income. Yeah. So I want to be in a position so that, you know, my business and the properties that I have is generating an income in my sleep. Yeah. So that frees me up to do things. And those things that I want to be freed up to, I'll always have a, a passion and, and a heart for travel. But I also have a heart for, for helping others. I've grown up in a community that gave me a lot of experiences in giving my time in charitable ways. I would love to meet and support young women, you know, that are in a position like I was as a teenager with a child and how that should never stop you from achieving or wanting things in life because you become a parent. If anything, it's, it's appetite and thirst for more. So there's something around mentoring and supporting that, that I would like to utilise my time with. Yeah, I love that. Based on what you know now with your journey you've had, what advice would you give me if I'm just thinking about maybe I want to start a business? Yeah, okay. I would love to have spoken to myself even a year ago with that. <laughs> Not to be sort of take, um, taken over by your own thoughts in that talk to people, you know, and sometimes you can end up speaking to the wrong person and they, they can be quite negative or, you know, they're, they're, they're not giving you the sort of the, the insight that you want, but just to share those ideas and get it written down as well. And that's the thing, you know, I, I'm, again, that detail of, you know, writing is not something that I enjoy doing, but there's other ways. So yeah, talking about it, getting the support, there's amazing networking groups as well. But the biggest thing for me is accountability. That is so important because there's many times where we've had ideas or we've wanted to see something through. And if you're left to your own timings and to, you know, your, your own ways of working, and if you're like me, I can put those big priorities off. Things don't get done. So accountability for anyone that's starting up in business. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we need a business coach, isn't it, Hayley? We certainly <laughs> do. Absolutely. The thing is, okay, but that it is it is right, isn't it? Because we are human beings and humans will do anything just to keep, just to stay in our comfortable little place, won't we? Even oh, though we we've do. got these big dreams. Exactly. And how easy is it to tick off and how rewarding is it to cross off the most yeah. easiest task? And, you know, we learn from our mistakes. And I've, you know, this year, when I look back at the things that I was putting off and they were really important things you know speaking to very important officials you know like the council and you know and actually why did I put that off because they've been really supportive you know throughout lockdown I really have to credit the local authorities you know through the support advice you know they've, they've been fantastic why did I put that off and there's other experiences you know examples I can give but uh, yeah you need accountability for sure yeah and then what about this place and this wonderful Highcliffe Manor here? What's your what's the vision for here? Highcliffe Manor. Wow. This is a project in itself. And that's part of the vision that, you know, to grow the team at your guests so that the properties that we run day to day can run themselves with the team. Because the plans at Highcliffe are relentless. I mean, where do we start? I mean, this is a nine bedroomed Victorian manor house with 11 acres of land. I mean, we've got derelict barns and there is just so much to do so it's going to be a wedding venue for sure and particularly those small intimate weddings work beautiful in this setting because people can stay and have exclusive hire of the premises but then we've got the grounds I mean you know I've done marquee TP weddings in the past obviously they're not a thing at the moment because of the restrictions on weddings and groups but 
Yeah, it, it's really bringing this place alive through the wedding industry and then reinvest and regenerating that money that we make through the events back into the property because any property of any size will always come with its maintenance and, you know, there's things that we want to do with the bedrooms, for example, reno- you know, renovation. So, yeah, I mean, we could talk all day about Highcliffe. How did people get in touch to find out more about Highcliffe or about you? They want to get in touch. Hey, where do they go? Yeah, great. So, yeah, just search your guest, Highcliffe Manor, for both of the um, pages. We've got social media sites, websites, and on there you'll you'll have a number, email. So, yeah, it's it's yeah. quite easy, especially with social media. You just need to put in a hashtag, don't you? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll come you'll come across us. Well, it's been absolute delight and pleasure to meet with you, Haley, and to learn more about your journey. And I wish you every success. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. In our conversation, Haley spoke about the importance of accountability. Clearly, as a business coach, I'm a bit biased in thinking that accountability is key. It's about being answerable for our actions, about holding ourselves accountable, able to account for our actions, able to report back to someone that you've done what you said you'd do. Really, I think we need an external person to be our accountability buddy, if you like. Personally, I have a business coach to whom I report back on my progress. I had a running coach to hold me account when I um, wanted to exceed my personal best in, in running a half marathon. We are creatures of comfort, after all, and we'll put stuff off if we don't take accountability seriously. It's so easy to make excuses and put it off for a day. I now actually have a writing coach. I've been talking about being a writer and writing a book for years and years and years and never actually had the courage or made the time to sit down and write my book. So now I'm paying somebody to make sure that I get this book done. We agree the outcome for the the week or the two weeks And I have to do that work because when I meet her next, she'll expect to receive that work. So I think having someone external as your accountability partner and then paying them is best. You have to do what you say you'll do. Otherwise, you'll just be making excuses. And why would you waste money uh, on just making excuses? Excuses are not allowed. But there is a great model that I learned from the top executive coach in the world, Marshall Goldsmith. You can use it yourself to hold yourself accountable every day. I learned it from him personally, actually. I was lucky enough to go to a workshop with him, but he has a book called Triggers that you can read and learn this from that book. And basically, he personally has a list of about 32 things that he wants to achieve each day. He sets himself the goals each day that he's going to do. And then at the end of the day, he has this list and he asks himself, did I do my best today to whatever the goal was, to smash my goals? Did I do my best today to read for half an hour? Did I do my best today to be kind to everybody I met? Those kind of things. I think it's a great model. So you set yourself the goals at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, you score yourself between one and 10 on how well you did your best today to achieve those things. You can do it by yourself, of course, but Again, human beings, we like to lie to ourselves. We make excuses. So it could be that you actually agree to have somebody that you send your scores to. So I know Marshall Goldsmith actually sends them to his PA, I think it is, at the end of each day, wherever he 
well, when when he used to travel, wherever he was in the world, he would email his scores to his PA so that he could hold himself accountable to being the best that he wanted to be each day. So there you are, a little section there on accountability. How willing are you to be accountable for your actions? So this is Ros Jones. This has been our Bold Business Bits podcast show. I hope you've enjoyed it and I look forward to hearing you next time. Bye for now. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with Bold Business Bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.